to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is a show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. Well, with a pandemic afoot and all the stress generated by the media, it seems like a good time to look at some common sense things that we can focus on that will actually make a difference for us men. Our health is one such area. And with all the talk about viruses and immune systems, what better time to take a look at health and how to optimize this for yourself than today? I've gone into our social conditioning many times on this show, how we've been taught as men to more or less ignore our health unless something terrible starts to happen to us. Rarely do men, especially middle-aged men, take an active approach to their vitality and well-being. We tend to coast along. Why is that? Is good enough really good enough for us? It is my hope that you come to see your health and self-care as an essential foundation for yourself, one that you can quietly build on over time and that by taking better care of yourself, you'll be a better version of yourself. Vibrant good health and healthy habits are not just for women. Far from it. They are very much for us men, and I hope today's conversation will show this. I'm excited to talk with my guest today, and he is a thought leader and expert in the area of men's health. Dr. Miles Spar is an expert in integrative men's health and is the chief medical officer at Vault Health, as well as director of integrative medicine at the Sims Man Health and Wellness Center. He is also a clinical faculty member of the University of Arizona Schools of Medicine as well as a faculty member for the Academy for Integrative Medicine and Health, where he teaches on men's health. Dr. Spar has served as a consultant to the NBA, working with many NBA teams on optimal health, and he is the author of Optimal Men's Health, Your Guide to Being Healthy in Order to Win. Here is my interview with Dr. Miles Spar. All right. I'm here with Dr. Miles Spar, who's a leading authority in integrative men's health. Miles, welcome to Basecamp for Men. I've been looking forward to talking to you. Welcome to the show. Me too. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I wanted to, you being an expert in men's health, I had a whole bunch of questions I wanted to ask you. Um, it's it's one of the subtopics we cover on Basecamp for Men. And um, I guess I wanted to start with, what do you see that men struggle with the most in terms of their self-care? And then on the flip side, what is something that is really good for men's health that they might not be doing or they might not even know about? Sure. No, it's a great question. I think in general, I get kind of upset with my colleagues in medicine, both in integrated medicine, which is the subspecialty I practice, as well as regular medicine, because we don't do a great job engaging men and getting men to really think about what they can be doing to achieve their goals um, and to be healthier. And so I think the main thing in terms of what men struggle with is having a reason to make healthy behavior changes. I mean, the studies really show men do worse than women at all of the attributes that contribute to being healthier. Men are less likely to exercise regularly, even though we kind of think of men being really active. It's actually, if you look at average American male, they're less likely to be exercising. They're more likely to smoke. They're more likely to be overweight. They're more likely to eat poorly. So that's the big thing they struggle with is, is making behavior change stick. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think in terms of what they can do for that, to me, it's all about pinning it to what matters to them. What are their goals? It's not about, oh, be healthy just for health's sake. Right. Because most guys aren't really going to stop eating a hot dog just because maybe it will make them healthier. But if they understand 
hey, eating that hot dog contributes to plaque in your arteries. And guess what? The, the artery that you're going to notice a decrease in blood flow the most is going, you know, where, where you need blood flow when you want it. And so if you're blocking blood flow there, you're going to find some erection problems. So suddenly that hot dog is less attractive because they care about their sexual function. So it's yeah, about, absolutely. I, think for, I think that's what guys can do is they can hone in on, okay, what's important to me? Is it being a great parent? Is it being really on at work? Is it being a better athlete? And then what health behaviors are going to help me succeed in that realm or do poorly in that realm if I'm not in line with what I should be doing? Right, right. I think that's a good point because I think sometimes if you say, you know, optimal health, certainly you can't say wellness to men, They'll, their eyes will right. gloss over. They don't care about any of that stuff, right? Right. But I, but I actually think one thing I notice, if you tell a man, yeah, the sex thing, of course, but if you tell a man, um, this is really going to increase your, your energy. You're going to have yes. a lot more energy. You're going to feel younger. They, their ears start to perk up when you talk that way because everybody's like, I'm interested in feeling my best. That it starts to frame it slightly different, but I notice that men respond to that kind of language more than, you know, health, wellness, which is just like, you know, no, nobody's going to track that, right? For very long. No, that's a really good point. Yeah, energy is a big one. Um, and just feeling lately, it's about feeling focused and, and being able to really pay attention without having to take Adderall or amphetamines. I feel like a lot of guys these days, they're so stressed and there's so much going on they're trying to deal with. And a lot of people working from home, there's not a healthy separation between work and non-work. And so they're having a hard time focusing and organizing their time. And so I feel like that's also a goal. It's like, well, guess what? You're eating a lot of sugar, that's going to work against you. Or you're not exercising and getting to kind of burn off some of that extra sympathetic nervous system energy, that's not going to help you. So you're right. I think energy and focus are kind of the two big things guys are really interested in getting better at these days. Well, and and I wanted to ask you about plant-based diet. I wanted to see what your take on was that. I know uh, Game Changers, uh, the documentary was, yeah, the, yeah. was the talk of the town for a while. And, you know, I, I have a lot of friends. I, most of them are not plant-based, but almost all of them are kicking the tires on, should I go more plant-based? Should I try to go all in on plant-based? Right, what's what's right. your thoughts on that? Is it, is it really a healthier way for men to eat? Does it depend? Do you recommend, you know, more vegetables or more of a plant-based diet? Or is that not something that's in your in your model that you're using for health right now? Yeah, no, it definitely is. I mean, I, I'm not one of those that says everybody has to be, I'm not one of those that says anything a hundred percent. Honestly, I think, you know, you have to live and there has to be balance. So I don't think everyone has to be hundred percent vegan, but I do think the more plants you eat, the healthier it is. And any physician that tries to refute that is just not looking at the evidence. There's just plenty of evidence that the more plants, the healthier, and you get a lot more from plants even than supplements. And again, it doesn't have to be hundred percent, but incorporating fruits and vegetables, whole grains, nuts and seeds into your diet yeah. is going to be beneficial. It's been shown to help with preventing the diseases that men die of even faster than women do in terms of heart disease and cancer, um, inflammatory issues. So, you know, I like the term plant powered. I love Rich Roll has this podcast. He's this plant powered ultra athlete. I'm a triathlete and he's done ultra triathlons and he interviews NFL players and, you know, all sorts of professional sports figures who are plant powered. Um, just to show that you can be very muscular and fit and only eat plants. So again, I'm not saying that's the only thing to eat, but I definitely think it's healthier to incorporate plants into your diet as much as possible. 
And, you know, even if you think about it, even if you tried to have a couple days a week where you didn't have meat, um, I think that would be helpful. And then the other thing, though, I would say, though, is when you do, you know, all the studies that show meat isn't healthy, we're looking at the meat we eat, which is really lousy quality. And maybe if you're only eating grass-fed beef and organic poultry and wild fish, maybe the difference isn't as great between a plant-based diet and eating those things. Good point. So yeah. chances are it's it's the forms of meat that are really unhealthy that are causing the problems because you're getting pesticide-ridden you know, feed for those animals that they're incorporating and they're getting hormones and they're getting antibiotics. So it could just be that it's beneficial if you eat healthier forms of meat if you do choose to eat meat. That's great. That's great. Um, I, I wanted to ask you too about intermittent fasting. That's become a really big trend. Um, just I have been an intermittent faster before it was a term most of my adult life. In other words, I don't really eat uh, a breakfast. I usually start, I have a cup of coffee in the morning and then I start work and then, or I work out and I usually don't eat my first real meal till about 1230 and I'm done eating by 830 and there's, there's two kind of bigger meals and then maybe some snacks. So without even really knowing about it, my own kind of bodily intuition about what worked best for my energy and my weight uh, was to do kind of a 16, eight uh, intermittent fasting. And, and now it's yeah. a big, now it's a big trend. Um, and you see it all over, there's apps for it and all this stuff. And, um, are you, do you like intermittent fasting? And if so, like, what, what do you see as the benefits of it? Yeah, I really do. I mean, I like anything, especially if it's easy to understand, easy to follow and has proven benefits and intermittent fasting really ticks off all those boxes. Um, it, you can do it just like you said, there are other ways. Some people fast a little longer. Some people will fast for 24 hours every three or four days, but yeah, there's really good science that restricting your time windows of eating actually improves your metabolic health, which means improves your blood sugar and risk for diabetes. It reduces inflammation and a lot of the diseases of aging are related to inflammation. So that improves brain health. And it actually even increases this, this um, chemical in the brain called BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor, which is really hard to increase. There are a few things that really increase it, but intermittent fasting is one of them. And that means you're building more brain cells and protecting your current brain cells. So it's not just a physical thing. It's also a brain thing. And so I absolutely am a big fan. And then there's some evidence even for longevity with intermittent fasting. I love it. I think it's simple to follow. It, now, the biggest mistake though is some people see it as this license then to eat whatever they want in the window when they're eating. And mm -hmm. that obviously is just going to take away from the benefits. So you can't eat burgers and fries and donuts in eight hours and fast for 16 and think I'm all good. You still need to eat. And the other thing that's really funny, Tony, that I see people do, people are like, well, I was going to have this breakfast. Now I'm not having it, but I still want to have, I deserve to have that muffin or bagel or whatever. So I'm just going to cram everything I would have eaten in a 24 hour period into that eight hours. And that doesn't really work either because no, now you're just no, no. overloading the system. Do you like the 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 20? I haven't done the 24 hour fast in quite some time. Is that something personally that you like for yourself? Do you do that once in a while or do you just kind of intermittent fast? You're on a 16, eight or whatever it is that you do. I do just what you do. And then periodically every, every three months, I'll try to do one of these. It's called a fasting mimicking diet. So where you do these five days of very low calorie each day, it's about 800 calories a day for five days. And it's kind of like a detox. Mm -hmm. I just um, find that works really well for me. But I, I think the science is really 
not out there to show which is better doing the every three days fasting 24 hours versus the intermittent. They're both the same idea of giving the body a break and a chance to clear out gunk cells and promote what's called autophagy, which is getting rid of cells that are just causing inflammation and problems. And we don't know which is better. So I think it's just worth trying, which makes you feel better. Because a lot of people will say, oh, 24 hours, I feel awful the next day. I end up overeating the next day. Other people say that's when they are most clear in that 24 hours and they get creative work done. And, um, you know, so it's really an individual thing. Uh, I see. Um, the, the, the testosterone for men here, this is a topic I have, uh, you know, I know a lot of middle-aged men, myself being one of them. And the drop in, the drop in testosterone is a concern for men. I even have several friends that do testosterone replacement and they swear by it. They're like, oh my God, I'm feeling so much better and all this stuff. And I know there's a downside to doing that. Um, and there's also markers for not doing it. For instance, I'm not a man who can really consider it or would consider it. I have elevated prostate. So I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing testosterone replacement, but I still want healthy levels, even as a 54 year old, what are some other way, what's your take on testosterone replacement, first of all? And then, and then secondly, what are some natural ways for men to keep a healthy level of testosterone, no matter what their age? Cause I know it's a concern for many men. Right. Well, so, I mean, I'm a big proponent of it for men who have low T because low T not only affects symptoms of sexual issues, but it also is a factor in heart disease risk and diabetes risk. Low T is associated with actually earlier mortality. So it's a hormone, just like when your thyroid hormones off, you take thyroid medicine. I feel like if your T is truly low, you need to have that checked out and, and address it. Now, full disclosure, I'm chief medical officer of Vault Health, and a lot of what we do is testosterone. We do a lot of other things for men's health. We're full-spectrum men's health, but we do do testosterone. So I have to say that. But I, you know, I, I teach about testosterone replacement for men in multiple different settings um, and, and on faculties of different universities and programs. So I, I, I know the science really well. And it actually, there's, it's a myth that taking tea increases heart disease risk. It actually decreases heart disease risk. Um, and it doesn't increase prostate cancer risk. However, you're right to be prudent. If there's any concern there, then you're right not to take it. So having said all that, yes. Yeah, so I think if your T is low, the best option is to take T. If it's not really low, but it's kind of borderline, or if you really, really don't want to take T, in terms of your question about what else can you do, you know, there are certainly some natural supplements that help with the symptoms of low T, like low libido and low energy. There aren't a lot of things that boost tea itself. Um, the only things that kind of boost tea itself would be zinc can a little bit because it blocks the enzyme. You know, we all have this enzyme called aromatase that tra- takes our testosterone and converts it into estrogen. Even as men, we have estrogen. You don't want to have too much, but you want you have to have some for bone health and heart health. And testosterone converts into that, and so zinc blocks some of that conversion. So it'll help you maintain a little higher level of testosterone. Um, there's some studies that vitamin D, if you're low in vitamin D, getting your D normal will boost your testosterone a little bit. There's some studies that show magnesium. Um, taking that as a supplement can help boost testosterone. Those are all pretty mild in their impact, but they can help. But what's really prevalent are supplements and herbs that help boost the symptoms of low T. Mm. So, and that's really good. If somebody has low libido, low energy, yeah. low, you know, me- meaning low sex drive and maybe even erection issues and they're having just kind of low energy, every culture kind of has an herb 
because men's, you know, men's virility was so important across culture. So every culture kind of has a man's virility herb. And yeah. for example, and, and they actually have a lot of science behind them. So in Chinese medicine, there's the ginseng, like Panax ginseng is good for that. In um, Ayurvedic medicine, there's tribulus, which is good for that. And then what I, my personal favorite is from Latin American and Central American medicine um, and South American medicine called maca root. Some people call it Peruvian ginseng. Um, and Native Americans use it a lot. And maca, M-A-C-A, maca root, has been really shown to help with a lot of the symptoms of low T. Again, it doesn't raise T, but it helps with the symptoms. There are good scientific studies behind it. It's very safe. There's even a study showing taking maca can counter the sexual side effects of antidepressants. You know, some people who take Zoloft or Prozac, they get uh, trouble with libido and they can't have an orgasm and they can't get erections and maca can help counter that. So that's one that, that can be really helpful for that. Miles, that that last minute was worth gold right there for my listeners. Like just awesome. that recommendation for them because there's some that are just, they're not going to go the T route for whatever reason, um, but they still want to have you know, some of these symptoms, if they're, if they're hitting these, you know, low libido and stuff, which men are like, I'm, I, you know, I don't, I'm not as horny as I used to be what's going on. I'm at a certain age. Should I, should I go the testosterone route? Or I, I looked at it and I'm backing off, but they still want to be optimized. They still want to feel like, you know, uh, everything's functioning well. Right. So, right. right. But let me just, I want to add one thing. Supplements always though, are a little bit icing on the cake. So I would say first make sure your foundation's right. You know, if you're not exercising, if you're not eating right, if you're not looking at your sleep and your stress levels, mm-hmm. then I don't care how many supplements you take. So absolutely listen to me about the maca, but don't do that instead of making sure you're getting seven hours at least to sleep a night, that you're managing stress, doing something like meditation or mindfulness or yoga or journal, that you're really want, not eating a lot of crappy foods and that you're doing something about activity, and then add on the supplements. That's great. That's great coaching. Um, so I had I had like a, a, a snapshot of a man who, let's say he's middle-aged. I mean, we've kind of touched on a number of them already, but I wanted to give you another take at it. So there's a middle-aged guy and he's got some, you know, it's your typical guy that's worked a lot. Um, he's middle-aged, he's got some extra pounds. Let's say he's 30 or 40 pounds overweight. And he's sedentary. He's got a desk job. He works at a computer. Let's say he's an accountant. Um, And he's got low energy. He's got kind of this low-grade depression. He's got low libido. Um, He goes to get a checkup and the doctor, his blood work comes back. And, uh, you know, it's kind of, I'm not going to get specific, but let's just say the doctor's going, you got to get it together. You know, you got to start to take care of yourself because you're starting to show signs that things aren't going well. And he takes it seriously. He's, it's a wake-up call. What are kind of the first steps that you would give him to start to turn things around? Because a lot of men I know, they want to feel good, but the guys that have let it go maybe for, you know, 20, 25, 30 years, it's almost like it's hopeless. They feel like I can't turn this around or they're, they're trying to picture themselves as a 20 year old, you know, fit and all that. And they're like, I can't get all the way back there. But what is a realistic getting back their health and how fast would they notice it and kind of which how would you walk that with them? I know it's a real general. I'm trying to give you as much specific so you can take a, a specific run at it. I know it's individual, but I wanted to ask your, yeah. your take on well, it. Well, no. Well, it's kind of um, basically a lot of kind of what I've said in terms of I would say, first of all, what's important to you? Let's anchor whatever we're going to recommend you do in, in something that is important to you that we can measure. Because mm-hmm. especially with guys, it's all about a measurable goal. 
So do you want to lose some weight? Do you want to have more energy? If so, let's let's rate your energy on a scale of one to 10. Do you want to have better sex or do you want to have more focus? Whatever it is, let's rate that. And if we can measure it, if it's an objective thing, if it's something like a waist circumference or weight, body mass index, we can measure that. Um, and then let's try and figure out what's the lever that's going to work the best for you. So I would have them experiment with those four things I kind of just mentioned, diet, exercise, stress, and sleep. So let's play around with each of those four things one at a time to see which seems to impact that outcome the most. So let's work on diet for two weeks. Mm -hmm. And let's just look at your diet closely and only diet because we're not going to try and do too many things at a time. Let's cut out sugar. Let's cut out processed foods or let's cut out late night snacking. You know, I would talk to him about what could be the thing that might be interfering with his achieving that goal and tweak that. And let's see how you do with that for two weeks. Then if you feel great, stick with that. If you don't, then let's try adding in the exercise and making sure you're being physically active if you're not already. And then after that, for a couple of weeks, it's really do it every day, 10 minutes of a meditation or a mindfulness using an app or something to see if that could be the issue. And then lastly, it's really dial in your sleep and really look at lights in the bedroom and the temperature of the bedroom and call and try and measure your sleep. Maybe I would get you to wear a device that measures your sleep. So it's really about trying to individualize what the thing is you need to work on by figuring out what's going to be the biggest, strongest lever for you. Yeah. And, and it's all about that outcome and measuring that outcome and seeing what's going to have the most impact on that. So like for that guy, a guy like that, just to be more specific, you do have to measure some labs. You know, I do want to see what is your blood sugar, what's your testosterone, um, what are your inflammatory markers, because that may be the objective outcome that's changing as well, according to what you're doing differently. And we might see that changing your diet or exercise or adding supplements really has a big impact on some of those markers. I love how you break it down. It seems very doable, your approach, like where you're not overwhelming a man with, you know, we're going to change all these habits at once. And you're really focused in on one area for a couple weeks. I think that's, that's something for men that even, you know, a, a middle-aged guy who's been set in his ways and wants to change, I think it, it walks him the path instead of overwhelming him with like, look, we got to change everything now. It's like, here's, we're going to focus right on here and you're just going to, you know, you're going to walk this for two weeks. I think it's a really, really smart approach. Um, speaking of de-stressors, what do you, which, what are the de-stressors that you find that men respond most to or respond most well to on your recommendations? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I used to always say mindfulness and recommend some mindfulness apps and mindfulness is all about, it's a form of meditation that's not religious. It's not mantra based. It's just about watching your thoughts and recognizing that you can control your thoughts. Your thoughts don't control you, which is a very empowering concept. And that if you sit there for a few minutes every day and watch your thoughts, you'll realize number one, your thoughts are taking you places that probably aren't healthy. And number two, you can control them. And number three, you realize, wait a minute, who is noticing this? So mm -hmm. that's who I am. I'm not my thoughts. I'm this other conscious thing that's watching my thoughts. So therefore, I'm in control, whatever that thing is, that consciousness, consciousness part of me is. And that's really empowering. So I think that's yeah. what I used to say. Nowadays, I got to say, breath work mm -hmm. has gotten to be a lot more, I, wanna, I don't want to say trendy, but it's, it's gotten to be something that I find men gravitate to more easily. Mm -hmm. um, is doing, you know, there's Wim Hof and there's all different kind of breathing things that are all getting to that same place of yeah. helping calm your sympathetic nervous system, that part of your nervous system that contributes to fight or flight mode. Yeah. Um, 
And I just find I'm in, involved in a lot of different men's groups and, and it's wild. Every one of them starts the session with breath work, yep. um, which I love. And so I, I think too. doing yeah. something like that every day is perfect because it, it really has been shown chemically. It lowers your cortisol. It chemically sh- decreases your stress system in your body and helps you support your immune system, which is especially important when there's a virus around. It helps you support your digestion. It helps you be more creative in your thinking, not just crisis escape mode, but more creative thinking. So I think breath work or that mindfulness are, are the two ways. That's great. Yeah. I love Wim Hof, but I don't want to sit in an ice bath for 30 I minutes. Know, exactly. It's too much, man. Right. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. I've used, I mean, I've used meditation for years and nature and I'm a big sleep person. I love resting. So those are the ones that I use uh, primarily for myself. Those are the ones that work the best. Um, you mentioned health, health apps. Is there any in particular you like or recommend to your clients as, as something that uh, you know men, men might not know? I mean, people have their different apps they use, but what's a health app maybe that you like? Sure. I love, you know, for mindfulness, I really like 10% Happier. Okay. Um, I like Calm as well. Calm's like the most popular one. Temperature and Happier, like because you can pick duration of a mindfulness. You might only have a few minutes and you can pick one that's five or 10 minutes. Um, it was designed by, um, I don't know if he designed it, but he's behind it, Dan Harris, who wrote the book, 10% Happier. And he has a great story about how mindfulness has really helped him with panic attacks. And as a journalist, he's a journalist for ABC, he investigated the science behind mindfulness and found how much veracity there was to the real uh, impact mindfulness has on the body physically and and medically. Mm -hmm. So that's a good app. And then, you know, I love, like I was saying, setting goals to me is really important for guys to have goals and even having a little bit of both competition and community. And I love Strava for that. I don't know if you ever... No, I don't know Strava. Strava. No. It's great. It's really a good app. It's for cyclists and runners. So um, if you're doing either of those, you can compete against yourself doing the same run or cycling route in a previous point in time, or you can compete against other people doing a route at the same time. And it kind of, it's crazy. You get all excited about beating, you know, Pedro from Venezuela, who you've never met, but you just see his avatar and you want to kick his butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's great. And it's, so it, it stimulates you to push yourself a little bit harder and you track over time how you're doing. So you're competing against yourself. And yet there's this congenial community, you know, so then your buddies with Pedro and you have a virtual beer with him afterwards. And so it's kind of this really cool um, competition community duality that is motivating in terms of exercise. Um, and the last one nowadays, you know, because we're all at home a lot, there's a lot of at-home workout apps. Um, right, and there's right. one that I really like, this guy, Brian Van Anken, doing called Anchor A-N. C-K-O-R. Um, that is, it's not an app, but it's a, it's a website where he does these group fitness that incorporates breath work and it mm. incorporates social sharing. So you kind of decide what are you going to focus on that class and you declare a stretch that you're going to work on before the next class and you share that with the group and then you do a pretty intense workout. So it's actually a great physical, mental, social workout. So I like that one as well. Very cool. Um, well, thanks so much for coming on. Is there anything else that you want our listeners to know about? I saw, I was on your website. And I see you have a health quiz on there that I was, I wanted to mention. And we'll mention right. your, we'll mention your website in the outro and stuff, but is there any, do you have anything else, any programs, workshops, or anything that you would like our listeners to know about or point them to before we finish? 
Sure. Well, I have my book that um, it's called Optimal Men's Health, which I'm really proud of. It's a very practical guide to optimal health mm-hmm. for men. So that's available on Amazon or anywhere. And then, um, like I said, I work for Vault Health, which is a national medical practice um, specializing in men's health and their manhood. And that's a, a an amazing place to get care when you might not have a men's health specialist near you. Um, it's all online. Um, all virtual. And then thirdly, I would just say, you know, check out my website, like you said, drspar.com, D-R-S-P-A-R, because that quiz is really helpful. Like I was saying, you want to identify what's important to you to work on. Is it diet? Is it exercise? Is it stress? Is it sleep? Is it connection? Is it spirituality? What is it that is kind of the weakest link that you have right now? And then, and that quiz helps you identify that. And then I have toolkits that say, okay, let's say you found it was diet. Well, here's some tips you can do to help make sure you're getting a decent diet. Um, and so it's a very practical approach to figuring out for you what would work to get the benefits you want and to achieve the goal that's important to you. That's great. It's a great website. I was on there. There's a ton of resources. So go check it out. Miles, thanks so much for coming on Basecamp for Men. It was an absolute joy to speak with you. Thanks for all the work you do on behalf of men and their health. It's making a big difference. Uh, and thanks for being uh, uh, you know, a resource. And thanks for coming on and sharing your wisdom and your insights. We really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Tony. My pleasure. It's been great. I hope you enjoyed our time with Dr. Spar. I really liked how Miles focuses on what is motivating for each man in terms of his health. I think this is a really important distinction. What is it that might motivate you to take exquisite care of yourself? Is it to run your first marathon? Is it to lose weight or look and feel your best? Or is it to have better sex? Maybe your motivation is to see your young kids reach adulthood. Or maybe you have some things on your bucket list and you know you'll need good health to check them off. The point is to find your unique motivation and have that be the driver. Intermittent fasting, go check it out. I love it. Dr. Spar loves it. And for that, I like the app Simple. So go check that out and that'll give you a bunch of information. And to pick up a copy of Dr. Spar's book or to take his free health quiz, go to www.drspar.com. That's our show for today. Men, remember that the story of your life is not yet all told. I'm Tony Rezac, and thank you for listening to Basecamp for Men.